Well, glory. It's a good day. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the best we ever had. Because the path of the just is as a shining light, and it gets brighter and brighter every day until the fullness. And of his fullness have we all received grace in exchange for more grace. Grace for grace. Woo! Have we all received? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about redemption. You know, we sing, He's our Redeemer. When you think of Redeemer and redemption, He's the same. He is your Redeemer, He is your redemption. Christ is all and in you all. Yes? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. We're going to look at that. 1 Corinthians 1 30 says, but of him, say of him, are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made into us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word today in Jesus' name. We're going to look at the legal side and the vital side of redemption. The legal side is what he has purchased for us. The vital side is the life side that we've received. Jesus said in John 10, 10, The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it what? Abundantly. And that word life in the Greek is zoe life. Zoe, so life. Soul life is why he's come. Adam and Eve died in their soul, but Jesus came to give you new soul life, new mind, new will, new emotion, a whole new life to live now. Amen? That word vital means, it says, recalling of the captives, sinners from sins, from sinners from sin through the payment of the ransom of Christ. That's redemption. The recalling of captives, the captive sinners from sin through the payment made by Jesus Christ. We've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We're going to act like it. Aren't you just kind of tired of letting him do what he wants to do, the enemy coming in like a flood? Well, we know when the enemy comes in, comes in, comma, like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Well, most people still living with this, this verse. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard. The flood's on God's side, not the enemy's side. It depends on which one. What did she just say? Do you have what you say or are you saying what you have? Huh? Because he is good all the time. First Thessalonians 5, 23, The God of all peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit, your whole soul, your what? Soul. And your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who called you, who will also do it. And I say past tense. He has also done it. Because it is what? Finished. Romans 4.25, who was delivered up for our trespasses. That's Jesus. And he was raised again for our justification. Did you catch that? When he died, he took care of your sins. But when he rose, he took care of you and gave you a new you. 
Is that awesome? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. All right. Give me some y'alls out there. Don't act like you're all asleep. Amen. Yeah. First Corinthians fifteen three. <clears throat> For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received. You can't deliver what you don't receive. You got to receive it. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to those that believed into his name. Amen. That's action. That's the action of that. It says that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and was buried. And that he had been raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This is clearly what God did for us in Christ's redemptive work for us. God did it say for me. The vital illustration of this is Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now leave the last part off because it's not in the Greek. That's the end of it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, period. We don't want that unbelief for that second part. Amen? There's no condemnation. Woo! Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Okay. That's what that's all about. No condemnation. Colossians 1. I want you to look in Colossians 1. I just got beside myself this morning as I was looking over these notes, and I got plumb lost in the Scriptures, and I didn't get to my notes. Has that ever happened before? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Colossians, look look here. Oh, Lord, where we go? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Verse 9. Let's start in verse 9. Colossians 1 9. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, there they go, cease not to pray for you, to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of what? His will, which is your new soul, in all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We are increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might. According to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or enabled us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. That's what we got now. Who hath delivered us, they hath past tense. Now I want you to catch this. He hath delivered us, not going to deliver us, not future deliver us. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. Let me say that again. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated. That word translated, if you look at Strong's, you're going to see that big old word exchange. It's in the definition. He's exchanged us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the light of his son. Woo, glory. Ah, I'm getting goosebumps. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Is that awesome? I don't think I'll stop there. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn. That means there's more coming. The firstborn of more. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth. Visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, all things were created by him and for him. And I give him an amen. Amen. 
Do you think everything's under his control? Do you think God's worried about the elections? Do you think his kingdom's being shaken over anything that's going on? I don't think so. Because mine's sure not going to be. And look, and he was before all things, and by him all things consist. How many things? All things. And he is the head of the body, the church. Say, that's me. You are the church. He's the head of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Christ, in him, should all God's fullness dwell. And all the fullness of the Godhead bodily is in the head, Jesus Christ, and you are the body of Christ. That means it's all yours. I just think it's about time for us to start walking in what he's done for us. I think it's about time for us to quit putting up with all we've been putting up. We had a friend of ours we met last night. She was telling us during the ministry, and her husband died with cancer a few years ago. He's the one that led me to the Lord. And they went to a place in Utah, and just as soon as they got there, the warlocks and witches started coming against them. And the first thing you know, her husband, he he died of cancer, and 18 people around them died. Why do we put up with that? Because, and, and live in fear because of what he's going to do. Jesus said, the thief comes to do that, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I think I just read where all principalities and powers are under his dominion, not Satan's. We don't have to put up with what's going on around us. And I think it's time for us to walk in what he's given us to walk in. Is that what it says in Romans? As sin reigned by one man, they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in heaven someday when they get there. Did I miss something, kid? They shall reign in life. Now, your reigning starts, no, it started 2,000 years ago when he said, it is finished. I don't expect you to shout me down, but just say, Yah! Yah! Okay. These are things that's already been taken care of. We have that redemption. The vital aspect is what we really have now of the Zoe life. See, the Holy Spirit has come to make all those things alive. Jesus said, when the Comforter has come, he's going to take the things of mine and show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, he's going to take the things of mine and show you who you are. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being exchanged into that very image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Why is the Holy Spirit of the Lord here? To bring us into complete truth about who you really already are legally. You already are. That's why he's sitting down. He's not doing anything else. It's finished. Now it's just a matter of receiving what he's already done for us and walking in it and believing in it. That's the vital side of the legal side is that he wants us to have it. Okay. If all we have is a mental concept of all the legal sides of what he's done, it leads to cold religion and formalism. Someday, just a few more weary days, and I'll fly away. We've got it all up there someday when we die. 
But I'll just endure a little longer till I get it someday. Someday, someday. No. Now are you the sons of God. Now are you the daughters of God. And it doth not yet appear what he shall be, but we know when he appears, we're going to be like him, for we're going to see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him, he purifies even as you are pure. That's the Greek. Don't read, the, don't read that other part in the King James. He purifies you even as he's pure. Because of him are you sanctified. That means purified. Of him, say, of him I'm sanctified. You can't sanctify yourself. He sanctified you. He purified you. He justified you. He redeemed you. So all we can say is, Yah. Yah. He did it all. I'm telling you, it's exciting. You're going to have to hold my mule before I get through here. If all you have is a doctrine about what he's done, it says it will, it will make the doctrines out of truth and sense knowledge will rule. That's what's happened. And you begin to magnify your experience above the word of God. You get locked into a few things. When we understand the life side, the vital side, we know what belongs to us in Christ. Life becomes a reality. All that's legally ours becomes vitally ours by the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. The legal side, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made him, Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. God made him sin. Okay. He made you righteous. Jesus took our sin to make us righteous. Never will be unrighteous again. We have the very righteousness of God in us because of what Jesus did. That's what he did. He paid it all so we could have it. Isaiah 53.10 says, Yes, yet it pleased God to crush him, to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. The Hebrew says, made him sick. When thou shalt make Christ's soul an offering for sin. Says he was, Isaiah 53, 4, he was stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was afflicted for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every man to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the lawlessness and iniquity of us all. He took it on him so we don't have to have it. There's been an exchange that we need to see. Romans 3, it says here in about 21 or 26, I think it is, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. Our present righteous state is based solely upon his great substitutionary work. Everything we have. We was reading in a book that we're reading of Kenyon. And he said, when Jesus said, it is finished, right then, when he said it's finished, the old covenant was fulfilled when he, was, when he died. And it was set aside. But he said, that wasn't all. Because his substitutionary work still was going on. He still had to go to death. He had to go to hell. He had to ascend. He had to, because see, he, think about it. We just read it well ago, Romans 4.25. He was crucified for our transgressions. Now, if he said it's finished and it stopped there, 
you wouldn't be justified. He, he was still having to do his substitutionary work when he went to hell. I got news for you. He went to hell for us. When he went to hell, we went to hell. He did it for us. He didn't do it for himself. You with me? So it was going on. You know, Romans 10, 9 says what? If we confess with the mouth of Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Well, if you stopped when he said it's finished, you're not believing that God raised him, what? From the dead. You've got to believe the last part of that. He was still working for us. You've got to believe God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Woo! Substitutionary work was still going on. Psalm 16.10 says, Thou will not leave my soul in hell. Where did Jesus' soul go? Okay. Neither will you suffer the Holy One to see corruption. You won't leave me there. I won't tell you something. He paid an awesome price for us to be free. So it's imperative that we stay free and be not again entangled in what? The yoke of bondage. Oh. I, th- I want to read Ephesians 1. Let's go with me here. I'm going to start a... Verse 15 says, Wherefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, who is our glory? Christ is your glory. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power into us, is what the Greek says, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Woo! And set him at his own right hand. He raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand. Wow. In heavenly places. Far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion. Say that. Far above all power, might, dominion, and authority. Every name that's named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And hath put some things under his feet. What? And gave him to be the head over all things to who? To you. The church. You got all things. You got all authority and power. Didn't he say all power has been given to me in heaven and earth? Go you therefore. And he's going to reign till all his enemies is under his foot. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Well, I got news for you. It's already happened. Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through his death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what's happened to death? He has the keys of death, and he has the keys of hell. Yeah. 
That's awesome, guys. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Where was it? Okay. And verse chapter 2, let's keep it going. And you, say that's me, hath he quickened. Listen, when God quickened him, he quickened you. When he was quickened, you were quickened. Same quickening. It was your quickening that he was quickened with. And he says, and you, he quickened, who were dead. Say were. Were dead in trespassing sin. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom you, we all had, say past tense, had, our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, and were by nature, that was your nature, children of wrath, even as others, say but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us. There's that word. He made us alive with Christ. By grace are you saved through faith. And has raised us up together with him and made us set in union with him. In union with him. Set together with him in heavenly places in Christ. That, in the ages to come, I want to tell you something. This is the age to come. It's time for us to see the age to come. We might see something. The age is here. He said, Daniel, shut it up for a point in time. At the point in time's over. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward his church. It's time now to see what he's done for you. The blinders have been lifted off. So we know by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should burn. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to just be what he called us to be. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. That's who we are. Oh, Colossians 2.15. Now I'm going to read this in a little different version here in a minute because I want you to see something. Giving thanks, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, chapter 1, has made us capable to be partakers of the saints, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the King, in, in whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of every creature. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, I want to go to 250. That was the wrong one. I knew something wouldn't right. See, I want to preach. I don't want to read scriptures. Verse 9, in him dwells all the fullness. But I'm going after 15. I want you to see this. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, I want you to see this. Now, listen to what this says in the Greek. Now, catch this. That he put off, he stripped off of himself, the governments and authorities. He stripped them off of himself and he made a show of them openly, triumphant over them in it. All the demonic powers and authority that was over us, he allowed to come on himself so he could strip it off of himself for us. He stripped it off. He took it on himself. You remember when he, told, when he said, he said, when he... 
He was numbered with the transgressors. Why did he do that? He took all of our sin. He took all of everything we had. That means, saints, before you were born again, we are in union with the Father, Son, and the Holy. Before that, we were in union with the devil. By nature, children of wrath. By nature. Jesus took upon himself all that authority from Satan on himself so he could strip it off of himself. And when he stripped it off of himself, it stripped it off of you. Yah. Having spoiled principality. That means stripped it off. He made a show of them openly triumphant over them in it. All the demonic powers and authorities that was over us, he allowed to come on him so he could strip them off himself so they would be stripped off of us. In Colossians 2.11, it says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made by hands and amplified, but in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of the flesh. When he went to the baptism, when he went to the grave, he stripped off the body of his flesh. Why? Catch it. He stripped off the whole body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and lust. When you were buried with him in baptism, you stripped off that old man and you were raised to walk in what? A new life. That same spirit that raised him from the dead brought you up from the grave. When he rose, we rose with him. See, we've got to see what this exchange works out really looks like. It's not just a word we use. It's a reality. It's life. It's abundant life that he paid for. We fail to recognize the fact that as a substitute for us, he took on himself all of these restraints so he could take the restraints off of us so we could be free. And whom the Son sets free? Free indeed. You know, in Galatians 2.20, King James says, I am crucified with Christ. No. King James wrong. I'm glad Eric ain't here. He'd say amen. The word there is, I have been crucified. He hath, I have been crucified. It's past tense. It's not a present tense. It is past tense. I was crucified with Christ. Say I was. If you got I am there, mark it out and put I was. Because when he was crucified, you were crucified. Yeah. Yeah. I was crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed. I am crucified. I was crucified with him. Nevertheless, we live, yet not we, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Remember what John read it, the pastors to them. I said last week, Satan's after your faith, so just let him have it. Because if it's your faith, it ain't no good anyhow, because you're living by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved you and gave himself for you. You've been given a measure of faith. What is it he hadn't given you? He's given you everything. Freely given you everything. Romans 6, 8. We died with Christ so we could live with Christ. We were crucified with him. We died with him so we could be raised with him. We were buried with him so we could be justified with him. We were made alive with him, Colossians 2.13. 
He raised us up with him and made us sit with him in heavenly places in Christ right now. We're seated with him now. In all these scriptures, we get a living picture of the entire substitutionary work of Christ in which we have a perfect identification of that which was done for us. All of this is not only legal side, but it's the living side of what we have. It's ours as the Holy Spirit makes it alive to you. It has to be made alive. And the Holy Spirit has come to make this stuff alive for us. That it becomes more real to you than... And while we don't look at things that's seen, while we look at things that's not seen. For these things that's seen are temporal, but things not seen are eternal. We start seeing from eternal eyes and not natural eyes. Oh, help me, Jesus. Okay. God not only put my sin upon him, but made him to be sin with my sin. So I could be made his righteousness. He was taking my place, acting in my stead. It wasn't his nakedness and his shame. It was my nakedness and my shame he took. For the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame. He took it upon himself so we could be covered. I'm telling you, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It's awesome what he's done for us. That will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there's pleasures forevermore. It was love that took my place that ransomed me. Of the authorities of darkness and exchanged me in the kingdom of the love of his son. He took my spiritual death to give me spiritual life. My spiritual death in union with Satan was stripped away. Let me say that again. My spiritual death and union with Satan, he stripped it off. So why do we continually battle that stuff if it's already been stripped away? When he was justified in the spirit, we were justified in the spirit. When he was justified and recreated and made alive, we were created and made alive. And it says in Acts thirteen thirty three, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten you. Jesus was the first one born again. Now that may offend some people, but I'm sorry. E.W. Kenyon will agree with me. He was the firstborn of a whole new race. He was the last Adam, and he was the second man of a whole new race. Born again, because we got too many scriptures. He's the firstborn among many more sons and daughters. Many more. Why? He took my spiritual death to give me spiritual life. I'm actually going to finish. Firstborn, first begotten of the dead. Is that what it says? Ephesians 2.10. And so we are his workmanship. We were recreated down there when he was recreated. When he stripped Satan's authority and dominion, it was our victory he obtained. In the new creation, we were not only raised with him, but we were seated with him in heavenly places. You know, in Colossians 3.9, it says we were recreated. Come on now. Lie not one to another, verse 9, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that recreated him. We've been recreated into the image of God, the new man. That's who you are. 
I think we spend way too much time talking about the old men and how we're free from the old men and not enough time talking about the new men and how you're free from that old thing. The Bible says give no place, doesn't it? Seems like everything wants to pull you back into who you were. Well, I think he said remember not who you were. Neither consider who you were. Behold, I do a new thing. New creation in Christ. Spend your time into the new creation, not in fighting the old creation. Because he says, seeing that you put off the old man. Don't be lying one to another. If you're talking about him all the time, you're lying to each other because the old man's been crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be destroyed. I just thought I'd throw that out. Okay. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free. But Christ is all and he's in all. Put on, therefore, as the elite of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, for any man have quality to see that even as Christ forgave you, so you do. And above all these things, put on what? Agape, which is the bond of peace, bond of perfection. And then you let the peace of God rule in your heart to which you are called into one body and be you thankful. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it do what? Dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. Raised with him. Well, I guess I'm getting close to through. Ephesians 1 6 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us highly favored. He's made us what? Highly favored. Is that awesome? You are highly favored, not just favored. You're highly favored in him, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is the reality of our union of Christ and God. For it is God who is at work in you, willing and working his own good pleasure, that he may present everyone perfect in Christ. Awesome. Ephesians 3 says that 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory that you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inward man. The inner man has become a new creation and has received the very life and nature of your heavenly father. And now the spirit through the word is building us into his hidden man of the heart, the ability to live and walk as he did. 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we now in this present world. As he was, or as he is? Huh? As he is, so are we. But, Ephesians 3, 20, down to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So let's stand. Yeah.
We've been talking about y'all all morning. I'm certainly no uh, Hebrew scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but we're talking about y'all, Yahweh, hallelujah. I did yeah. a little quick thing here. Um, Google's kind of cool. Um, when you're talking about Elijah, Yah, it's the end of the deal. It says, uh, Yah means my God. In the name of Elijah, the Tishabite, it talks about some other. Here's some other names about that has Yah included. Uh, Adoniah means Yah is my Lord. Abiyah means Yah is my father. Uh, this one, I don't know, A-C-I, A-C-H-I, Yah, however you say that. Yah is my brother, Uriah, uh, Yah is my light, Malachi, Yah is my king, Hudiyah is Yah is majesty, Toviah, Yah is goodness, and Yinhu Yah, Yah sees me. Yaman. There's a whole lot more to this Yah thing than what we're thinking about this morning. So when when a prophetic word comes out like that, it's not just for like the next two or three minutes. Angie, you started something. Yah. You got, you, you got to start it. So I just want to encourage you because I don't ever look up Hebrew names and stuff, but well, this, is, this is a pretty interesting thing. So yeah. there's more to this Yah than what yeah. we think there is. So, Yah. Yeah. It is finished. Anyway. Well, I want to bless you. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So have a good, blessed day. Amen. Amen. Amen.